Good morning. First of all, we're glad to have you here today. And how many of you are glad to see a little bit of sunshine? Amen to that. And by the way, I want to say before we get started too, everybody that has participated today has done a marvelous job. Amen. Amen. All right. Peace is the word for 2020. And as Daniel said, and I agree with him, this is something that I think we need to come back to a few times this year. Um, and here we go. You don't have to do anything, but I just want you to think for a second. How many of you in here want peace? Let's have a small word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for letting us be here today, and I thank you for everyone in this place. I thank you for my brothers and sisters that are meeting around the world. Heavenly Father, we do want peace. We want peace in our individual lives. We want peace within our families. We want peace within our church. Heavenly Father, I would go as far as to say we want peace within our country, and we want peace within our world. It gives us great consternation and fear when we see things that are going on around the world. It bothers us when we see strife within our community. Heavenly Father, it, 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 it grieves us if we have strife or disagreement within our church. Heavenly Father, and it really weighs heavily on our minds when we do not have peace within our families and peace within our relationships. Heavenly Father, you created us to be a people of peace. You created us and you tell us that you can give us a peace that surpasseth all understanding. Wow. Heavenly Father, we thank you, we love you, and this is what we want to consider today. And in the year 2020, maybe we can have just a little bit of an amplified and a, even maybe more, you know, maybe we can even be a little bit more focused on this aspect of peace. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we love you. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. All right, now to start with, it's kind of funny because I'm going to go right to it today. I'm going to go right straight to the verse that I believe is the most important verse in this sermon. So here it is. If you look up at the screen, I'll give it to you right here. And it comes from John 14 and verse 27. Now, by the way, you notice what color the words are, yes? Okay, so what do we know about words in red? And we know that they need to be red. Amen? All right, so here we go. Taking a look at this passage from John chapter 14, spoken by the Messiah, here's what he says. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That bears reading again. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Now, my friends, this was Jesus Christ speaking to his disciples before he ascended. Now, here's what I'm going to offer up to you, and you can tell me whether you agree or disagree with me. I'm going to tell you that I believe that every single person in this room is a disciple of Christ. Amen? then God, Jesus, is telling us the very same thing. You know, I think it's kind of funny sometimes because we read the Bible and we read something that Jesus says and we know that Jesus said it to a specific people, but we fail to realize that he could also be saying it to us. 
By the way, I'm going to tell you something. I stopped to see mom and dad Friday night before I came home, and dad said, you know, Tim, he said, every time you jump back and get real loud, you yell in my ear. <laughs> well, thanks a lot. So he, I have to turn his head because he can't hear on this other side now. All right? All right, I don't know. Maybe that's the dangers of sitting down close. I don't know. All right, I want to show you something. I think you'll agree. And you know how this goes. I mean, I work during the week in trying to put a sermon together, and as I try to put a sermon together, of course, I'm looking for something that I hope will catch your attention. But I love this picture. I love this picture. I don't know who took it. I don't know who the person is. I love the picture. And it says, there is no greater wealth in this world than peace of mind. And I am going to tell you that I wholeheartedly concur with that. There have been times in my life, and I'm going to say this, and maybe you'll agree, and maybe you'll disagree, and maybe you've never experienced this. And if you have never experienced this, then I think you should consider yourself very fortunate. But I believe that most of us would say that we've experienced what I'm about to say. I have experienced times in my life where I was so down or so upset about something that I seemed to lack focus. It seemed to be that the only thing that I could focus on was that thing that was bothering me. It seemed that, that I couldn't get it off my mind. It seemed that I couldn't sleep. How many of you in here, you know, don't give me a show of hands, just here it goes. How many of you in here have woke up at 2 a.m.? You know, or you've went to bed and you've tossed and you've turned because you couldn't sleep. How many of you have been so upset that the item that was bothering you, it just was like you could not get it off your mind? And then somebody would come to you and they would say, God will never give you more than you can bear. And, but you're thinking at that point in time, you're thinking, I don't know if I can bear this burden by myself. I've been there. Can't eat. Can't sleep. I don't care how rich you are. I don't care how many belongings you have. I don't care what kind of status you have. And I don't care what kind of title you have. If you don't have peace, you are poor. Now, here's what's kind of interesting, and you know what? I would like to tell you that Tim Day came up with this all by himself, but I'm a true educator. I beg, borrow, and steal. So here it is. As I was putting this sermon together, you know, I came across this sign, first of all, but now, now look, because it's interesting, because, because here's what the sign says. The sign says, peace of mind is this way. So what are you doing? You know, it's like, it's like when you're driving your automobile and you know you're nearing your destination, you're keeping your eye out and you're looking for it. And it was kind of funny because we went to the Avoca Baptist Church yesterday to watch a couple of Jamie's students play basketball. Well, the Avoca Baptist Church sign has, not only do they have their sign, but on the bottom of their sign, they have Financial Peace University. So I don't know, you know Dave Ramsey stuff. So maybe they offer that every once in a while. I don't know. But you know the thought that occurred to me? The thought that occurred to me is, is that here I am, I'm right here, and, and I want to reach financial peace. That's the whole idea behind that, behind that class. I want to reach financial peace. I want to reach peace of mind. I want to reach peace of mind like it's a destination. And that's where I think we mess up. Try this on for size. Try this on for size. Peace is not the destination. It's the way. It's not the destination. 
<clears throat> Obviously, Jamie and I at one point in our time took that financial peace class, so I'll just use that as an example. We took it, and we took some things from it. And, 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 and obviously, we're like a lot of you in here. It wasn't that we were like doing really terrible. We just wanted to do better. But that's not really the point. The thought didn't occur to me at the time. Maybe I just needed to be a little bit more satisfied with where I was. Peace isn't the destination. It's the way we're supposed to live our lives. It's the, it's the way. Now, wait a minute, because that's kind of a fundamental shift in thinking. It really is a fundamental shift in thinking because, because we're in the midst of something. And when we're in the midst of something, we're looking and we're looking and we're, we're seeing and we're thinking about the, and we're thinking, about, okay, well, peace of mind is somewhere down here. When Jesus says, I'm with you all the time, peace of mind is something that you can have at any point in time. It's not the destination. It's the path. I thought you would find this interesting. Peace, it does not mean to be in a place where there is no noise, trouble, or hard work. It means to be in the midst of those things and still be calm in your heart. It does not mean to be in a place where there is no noise, trouble, or hard work. It means to be in the midst of those things and still be calm in your heart. Would you find it interesting if I told you that the word peace is mentioned 249 times in the Bible? The word peace is mentioned 249 times in the Bible. God does not mention a word 249 times in the Bible by sheer happenstance. If God mentions a word 249 times in the Bible, then he does so for a reason. Now, I will ask you for a show of hands. Now, how many of you in here believe that God wants you to have peace? How many of you in here believe that God wants you to be happy? How many of you in here believe that he is like any loving father and he wants nothing other than what's best for you? Now, don't. Here you go. But what happens? Well, I'll tell you what happens. Life happens. You lose a loved one. I did a funeral for a fine man this week. Married to, a, to, uh, to, a, to his wife for 62 years. By the way, I think that deserves a little bit of it. Yeah. Uh, I think any time you've been married to someone for 62 years, I think that deserves something. Let's go back to this passage just for a second, and we'll, we'll do this very quickly. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. But here's the question. What does God give us? All right, open up your Bibles if you would. This is the scripture. I put everything else up on the board today, but this is the one place that I would really like for you to go with me, if you would, please. Go to John chapter 14. And many of you in here know that John chapter 14 is a passage that says, I have a mansion with many rooms in it. I've prepared a place for you. All right, but Jesus also talks about the Holy Spirit in John chapter 14. So if you would, go to John chapter 14 and go to verse 15. Go to verse 15. John chapter 14 and go to verse 15. All right, let's read together. If you love me, keep my commands. 
And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Read that again, please. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Hey, by the way, for those of you that have read this passage before, and I know there are many of you in here that have read this passage before, how is it all of a sudden possible that nobody's going to see him, but yet the disciples are still going to see him? Hey, maybe it's possible to see Christ in a lot of things around us. We just need to be cognizant enough to recognize it. Let's continue. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Go to verse 23. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. Now, if you please pay attention to these last few verses. These are, please pay attention to these verses. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. This congregation is too big right now. There's too many people here right now. There's got to be somebody. There is no doubt in my mind there is somebody in here today who do, maybe, maybe it's a loss of a loved one. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's something at work. Hey, guys, there's got to be somebody in here who probably isn't quite as peaceful as they would like to be. And if you are not in that state right now, many of us have been in that state. Jesus says, I don't give to you as the world gives, because what did Jesus give us? He gave us the Holy Spirit. And when he said, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, he said, not only am I going to come to you, I'm going to live in you. Now, 
Man, I got to tell you, when I look out and I see an adolescent not on a screen listening to me, <laughs> Matt, you know what I mean? That makes my heart feel good, doesn't it? Hey, you have the Holy Spirit. Listen, try this on for size. I want to show you something. I want to show you something. I want you to think about this. I want you to think about this. I want you to think about whether or not we listen to the Spirit. I want you to think about whether or not we hearken to the Advocate. Now think about this. Do you listen to the Spirit? Do you hearken to the Advocate? Do we listen to the Spirit? Do we hearken to the Advocate? Look right here. I'm going to show you a picture. Now look at that for a second because I want you to think in your mind, what am I looking at? What am I looking at right there? Well, and then I'll tell you, so here's what I did. I went out in the parking lot, and I took somebody's antenna off their vehicle. <laughs> what if I'm nearly not joking? <laughs> you know what I thought about doing? You know what I thought? This, you, I, I went out and purposely, uh, you're getting nervous now, aren't you? I went out and purposely looked at your vehicle today to see what kind you drive, because I was going to say your vehicle, but I'm not going to do that to you. Okay, I'm a science teacher, so here's what I did. I performed a science experiment last night. I went out, and I went out to my truck, so I, I don't have the heart to take yours off. I took it off my truck. So I went out, and I started up the truck, and I turned it to a radio station, and, I, and you know, everything was going good. So I walked out. I walked around the truck. I, and all you got to do, they just screw in. By the way, you know what that is? That's a broken antenna. So what did I do? I just unscrewed it. Now, you know what I kind of expected, and you may think it sounds silly on my part, but here's what I kind of expected. I kind of expected that I would get back in the vehicle, and here's what I would, it would be like, you know, but I'd, I'd still be able to faintly hear the music, right? Are you with me? Guess what happened? Nothing. Yeah, I honestly, I was, I was a little bit shocked. I mean, I really was. I was like, I'd never done that before. I mean, of course, most people probably don't take their antenna off just for the heck of it. But I took my antenna off, right, you know, and, and I took it off, and, 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 and there was nothing. I got back in the vehicle, and I was amazed because there was nothing. There was no static. There was nothing. There was nothing. And then I thought to myself, okay, now is this going to work when I put it back on? So I got out, and I walked back around, and I put it back on, and the second I finished that last little screw, and, and I could hear the music again, and I walked back, and I got in the vehicle, and I sat there, and it sounded really, really good, and I thought to myself, man, that is amazing. That's amazing. Hey, here it is. God doesn't remove my antenna. I do. I love my son. I love my daughter. I'll always love them. You're the same way. God loves me. God gave me the Holy Spirit. But it's awfully hard to listen to someone that you don't talk to. And it's extremely hard to communicate with someone when the antenna isn't on the vehicle. 
Now, I'm going to tell you something, and surely to goodness you've noticed this by now about me. I think if we're not careful sometimes, we can way overcomplicate our faith. I don't think our faith is in many ways all that complicated. The Bible says... Look at this right here in the book of Isaiah. And I'll make a point here, and I'm going to come back one last point about that antenna. But look right here. It says, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And I love this picture because what does this picture show? This picture shows the young lamb that has wandered from the flock. This young lamb has wandered from the flock. I wonder how many times we have wandered from the flock. How many of you are familiar with the story of the prodigal son? Well, what happened with the prodigal son? And I love this picture. You know why I love this picture? Because you know what the Bible says? The Bible says the father ran to his son. The father ran to his son. Now, here's what I want to point out to you. The father never asked the son to leave in the first place. The father never asked the son to leave in the first place. How many people we got today who counted? How many? A hundred. We got a hundred people in this room. Somebody sitting in here today, and you need to put your TV, yeah, you need a TV, you need to put your truck antenna back on. We got a hundred people in this room. Somebody needs to reestablish their relationship with Christ. And there is no time like the present to do that. Because you know why? Look right here. This is God. He'll come running to you too. You want to know sometimes why we're not peaceful? We are our own worst enemies. Amen? I kind of like poking this thing. I kind of I see this, John. I kind of see this as a principal's tool, dude. You, I tell you, I don't think they're all that expensive. I'll just let you have that one. Look right here, if you would, please. And I'm going to move a little quicker now because I know I'm a little short on time. So here we go. Look right here. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let us have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Please, if you don't have your relationship with Jesus Christ the way it should be right now, put the antenna back on. Put the antenna back on. Talk to him. Talk to him. Braxton called me on the phone the other night. This is the difference between Tristan and Braxton. I love them both, but the difference between Tristan and Braxton is very simple. Tristan calls me, and Tristan texts me. Braxton hardly ever calls me or texts me. So he called me the other day, and, and I answered, and I said, Hey, bub, you give me your old man a call? And he said, I saw where you called last night, and I missed it. 
I was like, okay, thanks a lot. God's always going to take that phone call, and he'd love for you to call him. He'd love for you to call him. He'd love for you to call him. How many times a week are you calling him? How many times a week are you talking to him? Are you talking to God as many times as you're checking Facebook? Now, I'm going to give you a little practical thinking today, and I'm going to move pretty quickly on this, but here's what happened. Okay, so, so I knew some of the passages that I wanted to use in the sermon, but I'm always looking for ideas, so here's what I did. I just simply Googled barriers to peace. And you know, um, as, soon as, I, as soon as I Googled barriers to peace, this, um, and I and also included, I thought it would be very fitting. You like that? Would, would you also laugh if I told you that was the wall, one of the part of the wall between us and Mexico? Yeah, I'm telling you that I Googled wall between us and Mexico. And I did it on purpose. And I did it on purpose because barriers don't work. And so I Googled seven barriers to peace in 20... Uh, actually, here's what I Googled. I Googled, here's what I Googled. I Googled barriers to peace. And up comes this article. And the article, here you go, the article was seven, it was actually ten, but I cut it to seven. It was ten barriers to peace in 2017. And as soon as I read it, I was like, this is 2017? It's still good for 2020. So this is seven barriers to peace in 2017 and 2020. And here you go, the very first one. And I know if you'll listen to me today, please listen to me, because I've even got a handout. I've even got a handout that some of you might want to take home with you here in a minute. So before you shut me out, just listen, listen, listen. And before you shut, well, here it is, look. Okay, because here you go. And I told Jamie to keep her phone handy, and I'm really shocked you have Facebook up during church. No, I'm kidding. She has her scriptures there. And I told her, I said, I said, I'll tell you what I want you to do. I want you to have your phone handy. And, and so, so she had her phone handy for me. Do I have a phone? Yes, I have a phone. Do I get on my phone? Yes, I get on my phone. Am I, so am I like holier than thou? No, I'm not holier than thou. But here's what I'm going to tell you. Here's what's interesting. This person that wrote this article said one of the number one things is too much screen time. Now, so, I'm talking to David Pace, who owns part of, you know, he and his dad, they have Day and Carter Mortuary, and we're talking the other day. He and I are talking. So this next picture, you owe it to David Pace because he's the one that told me about it. And I actually added it today, this morning. All right, so here's the picture. This says everything I need to say. No, I want you to look at it, because you've got to look at it close. And you know what this picture is? This picture is a time picture of the year. This is one of the time pictures of the year. What do you notice? Wait, wait, wait. Yes, you got it. What? The old lady is what you see. Very good. That's the whole point of the picture. The whole point of the picture is the only person in this picture who is living in the moment. Everybody else in this picture is watching life unfold through a four-inch screen.
Now, if that doesn't summarize where we have gone, this woman is lost in the moment. This woman is reveling in whatever this sight is. This woman is giving her full mental and visual faculties to whatever it is that's going on. You know what she's not doing? <laughs> and she's not doing one of these. She's not got her back turned with her phone up so that you can see what's going on in the background where she's going, ah! So that it can be posted on Facebook so that everybody will think she has a really exciting life. Now, okay, here you go. I got a phone. I use it. I understand. I understand. I understand. I understand. But I'm, here's what I'm, I'm curious about. Linda, I wonder how many people are driving in their car right now down high, up Highway 37 towards Bloomington with the driver driving and the passenger immersed in their phone and they just missed that beautiful hawk sitting in the median. Cherry? Ride with these two on a short trip, and every two minutes, one of them will say, There's a hawk! There's a hawk! Finally, I got a little bit competitive. My competitive nature kind of kicked in a little bit. And, and, and I was really looking. I was. I was looking, and Linda goes, There's a hawk! And I'm like, God. You miss the hawk. You miss God's beauty. You miss the world. That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't think that's making us better. I don't think that's making us more peaceful. I don't think it's making us more peaceful. I don't think it's helping us. I think, I think, the, I think Satan sits back sometimes, and I'm going to be honest with you. I think he sits back sometimes. I think he laughs at all of us. I think he laughs at all of us because our focus is in the wrong place. So, I have a challenge for you. Look right here, please. If you don't, now listen, I know every single one of you probably won't do it, but some of you will. There will be some of you in here that will be intrigued by this. So here's what I have. And I, and I thought about having you take your phones out, but I figured then we'd all be, then I'd be cooked. All right, so here we go. You have, on one side, you have the directions for how to check your screen time for an Android phone. On the other side, you have the directions on how to check your screen time on an Apple phone. I'm proud to say that the night I put this sermon together, I checked mine, and I only had 15 minutes. <laughs> Bet you there were people that might have had hours by that point in time. Hey, I wonder how many people, and this is all I'm going to say, and I'm going to get off my soapbox. By the way, look right here, please, if you kind of want to look for a minute. I'm going to put all these, I'm going to put these right back here. I challenge you to take one, and I challenge you to check your screen time. And I challenge you to look and see how much time you're spending on your phone. Because when I eat dinner with my wife, I want to talk to my wife. When I eat supper around the supper table with my family, I want to, I want to converse with my family. Think about it. I've seen people come into restaurants. I've seen them sit down. I've seen them with little bitty kids. And I've seen the very first thing that they do is they hand them an electronic device. And they hand them the electronic device to keep them quiet. They keep them quiet to keep them satisfied. 
to keep them quiet. Teach them how to be quiet. Teach them how to be respectful. And teach them what it means to have a conversation with another living human being. Two, and I'm going to buzz through these fairly quickly. A barrier to peace is financial stress. A barrier to peace is when you are too busy. A barrier to peace is when you compare yourself to others. Now, some of you in here need to listen to this one. There's no comparing ourselves to one another. I'm never going to be the artist that David's going to be. There's no doubt in my mind, Mark can do a lot of things I'm never going to be able to do. I got a feeling he's a pretty self-sufficient fella. Mr. Leach back there already knows two times more than I know about farming. Fred, I want to put in a plug for driving that bed every time I can <laughs> until I eventually wear him down. <laughs> he knows infinitely more about Corvettes than me. I'm not to compare myself to others. I'm to compare myself to myself. Hey, compare yourself to yourself. <laughs> How did the antenna get over here? <laughs> I give you one job. All right, I've almost done. I want you to see this one. I, I, I want to have a little fun, but when I saw this one, it absolutely made me chuckle. But not only did it make me chuckle, but the second I saw it and I read it, I was like, man, that's very appropriate. One of, the, one of the barriers to peace is treating your grudge like a tiny kitten. Now, you're like, what in the world do you mean by that? I'll tell you what I mean by that. The Bible says that the, your adversary is like a lion. He's, look, he's going around looking to see whom he may devour. Listen, Satan is not a tiny little kitty. Satan is not a tiny little kitty. Satan is a roaring lion. But when you treat your grudge like a tiny little kitty, now what do you mean by that? If you are fostering a grudge against someone else and you continue to foster it, it will be a barrier to your peace. If you're treating it like a tiny little kitty, you need to understand that a grudge is not a tiny little kitty. A grudge is a roaring lion seeking whom it may devour. And we've all done it. I'm going to tell you something right now. I don't know what my tenure will be, and I don't know how long the good Lord will let me preach or anything else, but I'll tell you one thing. I may not be the best preacher in the world, but I'll tell you one thing that will be said about Tim Day because I will make sure that it is so. We will be honest. There isn't one of us in here that's perfect. And there isn't one of us in here that always has peace. And there isn't one of us in here that hadn't sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And there's not a one of us in here that haven't removed that antenna. And there's not a one of us in here that hadn't had a grudge against somebody else. And if you're treating that grudge like a kitty, it is a roaring lion and it will eat you. It will eat you up. We got two more. 
What is the barrier to peace? Because I think there needs to be a, there needs to be some there needs to be a, a practicality to the sermon as well. It's not enough to know that God wants you to be peaceful. You got to do your part. What does it say right here? Doing that secret thing you know is bad one more time because it feels good. We don't sin because it feels bad. We sin because it feels good. And lastly, doing nothing if you know you have a problem. Now, it's funny because I put a picture up here, and you see the picture, and you know this person has a problem with drugs. And it's funny because we recognize things like that, and, and immediately we say, oh, that person has a problem with drugs. But we forget about the person that has a problem with greed. We forget about the person who can't forgive. We forget about the person who's holding a grudge. We forget about the person who is unloving. We forget about the person who, who is unsupportive. We forget about the person, la, 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 I can keep going. We'll, we'll point out, it's kind of like the whole speck and bean. It's like, oh, you really got a problem you need to fix. Now, I want to show you something. I want to show you one last scripture, and then, and then my favorite poet is going to end us today. All right? So here we go. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Now, look at the bottom of it in black. The bottom of it in black. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God tells you, Jesus tells you through the writings of Paul in verse 7, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God will give you a peace of mind that will transcend your ability to even understand it. You know what I hope? By the way, how many of you, have you followed along at all? I'll make this real quick. Have you followed along at all with Riley Osmond? For any of you kind of seeing, have you seen that they've posted a couple of videos here lately where he's awake again? Oh, we can do better than that. Have you seen the videos where he's awake again? Oh, amen. And, and they asked him the other day, there was two little girls sitting on either side of him. And they, I don't know, they said something about him smiling. And then, and then he smiles. You've seen it, haven't you? And then one girl kisses him on one cheek, and the other girl kisses him on the other cheek. And every time I watch those videos, I can't hardly watch them without crying because God is good. Amen, brother. Amen. But here's what I'm going to say. <laughs> what I'm going to say is, I sure hope that God gives that family a peace that surpasses the, even their ability to understand. Even their, they, All of a sudden, they feel warm. They feel good, and they don't even understand why. That's the God of peace. That's the Spirit. But you got to do this, and then we're going to close, and this is one of my favorite poets. Hint, hint. She sits over there. Now, I didn't use the whole thing, but here we go. This is how we're going to close. This is it. The title is Let It Go, so you can read with me. Let it go. The little barb, the thoughtless word. Don't let it. Well, okay, I, yeah, I, I guess I did say that. I meant you can read it with me if you want. <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to. 
The little barb, the thoughtless word, don't let it fester in your mind, let it go. Return it with love to the giver, be kind. Now, do, now, 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 now listen, I'm not going to make it long, but you've got to catch that, because are you catching it? The giver gave you a barb. But you're going to give it back in kindness, because you're going to let it go. You're going to let it go. You're going to let it go. The unnamed fear that robs your sleep, that takes away your rest and peace, let it go. Trust God. Let him catch and release. That lost thing that you cannot find, remembering you put it away safe and sound, let it go. In time, important things are always found. Oh, I like that. Let it go. If it's important, you'll find it. Let it all go. The Father will bear. Whatever burdens you carry, He'll share. Let it go. Release to Him your worries and care. Let it all go. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you, Lord, and we thank you. We thank you that you are the God of peace. We thank you that you are the giver of life. We thank you that you are light, and in you no shadows dwell. Heavenly Father, you tell us that you will not leave us alone, but you will come to us, and not only will you come to us and make your abode with us, but you will make your abode within us. Heavenly Father, you fill us with your Spirit. Let us put the antenna back on. Heavenly Father, let us get the phone out and call you. Let us talk to you. Let us converse with you. Heavenly Father, there are barriers in our lives that keep us from receiving your peace, which you have promised to us. You promise us a peace that surpasseth all understanding if we will simply accept it. But accepting it means letting it all go. And we're not very good at that. I am chief, chief among that group. Heavenly Father, help us to let it all go so that you may fill us with a warmth that we do not understand, that is just too marvelous to grasp, too wonderful to explain. For Heavenly Father, that's exactly what you want for every single one of us, even if we are the prodigal son. Oh God, we thank you and we love you and we ask that we can participate in this peace for then we will truly be rich. Thank you, God. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.